Fellas, episode 69. This is potentially, not nah, not potentially, this is the most loaded episode we've had yet. Oh, it's loaded, all right. It's loaded like a, I don't, like a loaded nacho. Like a baked potato. Like a baked potato, sour cream, cheese, onions, bacon, bacon sour, I already said sour peppers. cream, peppers on there. Peppers? Who puts peppers on a baked potato? A little, a little slash green pepper. <laughs> Green pepper ain't over there. Maybe some like like maybe a little like red onions or something. Maybe uh, whatever it is, we've got it in this episode. You name um, it, we got it. Thank you all for tuning in. This is episode sixty nine. Like I said, of Vision One Rejects, recording on July twenty fifth. Our guest today, we've got a good conversation for you. Uh, Jake Clava from GVSU, former defensive lineman from there, just graduated last year. He was a first team All X selection uh, on their D line. Really good talk with him about his shot in the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts, right, Toronto? Yep. Um, so really good talk with him about that opportunity. He is he's far from finished, um, so definitely tune in for that conversation. But, fellas, we finally get to talk about the GLIAC. We mm. finally get to talk about our ball. The GLIAC Media Day happened today down in Detroit, so got to hear all the teams talk. Had our boys uh, DeAndre and John McMullen. Shout down. out, baby. They represented. They represented. Hey, hey, they looked good, and they, they spoke well. Yep. Hey, I saw John with the, with the Jordans on the day. Those shoes are clean. They were clean. Turtleneck with the clean. jacket over then, with then, the Jays. Dre, Dre had the clean little suit. Shout too. out Coach Nice, too. He was, was looking Coach good. Coach Nice? Oh, yeah. Coach Nice hey, always looking fresh. You ain't even got to say that. Yeah, Coach yeah, Nice always that. cleans up. He always fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Oh, uh, super but fly. Other than that, uh, GLIAC wise, the preseason rankings were released for the GLIAC, so we'll react to those here shortly after uh, the intro and the conversation with Jake. And, fellas, pretty big news out of Ferris State's camp. It hasn't been officially announced by Ferris State, but I'm seeing uh, sources pick this up at a lot of different places. Ferris just added a D1 team to their schedule for 2023. That is pretty big news for the defending Division II champions. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. They're definitely picked to win our conference this year. No, you know, no question about that one. We'll definitely get into that, talk about the Bulldogs in a lot more depth. But the NFL side of things... Just as loaded. It feels like we've had some good reactions to the alternate helmets. That clip of the Bengals has been doing numbers on YouTube. We love to see that. Um, but it feels like every team has a new alternate helmet now. Uh, we're going to be reacting to eight of those new looks today. And the Lions still don't have any. What's up with that? What are we doing? Honestly, keep it as simple as you can do it. What do we want, though? I want do we a want- fucking win is what I want to do. <laughs> the Lions, the Lions, I don't give a fuck what jersey we wear. The Lions do win. not have time to mess around and get alternate helmets. They have to worry about winning Maybe games. that's what this means is they're yeah. so locked in they don't have time for the, for the looks. Yeah. They should delete you know? all socials and just work. Just go to work. That'd be boring. Yeah, they have social media. Well, they have yeah. hard knocks. I mean, they do have hard knocks. So we'll see. We'll react to those helmets. Uh, Kyler Murray has an interesting clause in his new contract that uh, Jimmy is excited to talk about. Uh, we will get into that later. Lamar Jackson continues to be disrespected, blatantly disrespected, if I do say so myself. We'll talk about his contract situation in Baltimore and also about the rogue comments of apparently someone who is a current defensive coordinator in the league I who did is see absolutely. That slamming the Baltimore quarterback. It's probably the Steelers' defensive coordinator. It has to but, be. But here's the thing. That guy must, like, not watch film. Or, That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's just a personal vendetta. We'll get, we'll get into it, but, man, th- uh, those words came from a how can low you, place in the heart. How can you say he's not a good quarterback? Right? <laughs> so we're going to get into that. Otherwise, more Madden rings were released. We have the top 10 quarterbacks and the team ratings, finally, for Madden. Um, and... Another delusional Tyreek headline. He says that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. That pains me. Well, like, we, I, I, we I know get, why. We yeah. know why. I mean, but he, why is he double down? I got to get, okay, like Tua, Tua can put the ball on target. So can every other NFL quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah, so can Brian is Hoyer. He, is, he forget, no, no, is, he, is he forgetting about like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Like, it's whoa, crazy. Whoa, like, it's crazy. Who have been in talk, this league we forever. Also, if I recall, we talked about this before. 
Um, yeah, we had a little conversation about back up yeah. your quarterback, back up your guy. And yeah. I get it. And I get it. But as Good always. For Tyreek, though. Like, you yeah. got to have a lot of balls of to double course, down on that, especially coming from Patty. Uh, but as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Do not forget about the timestamps. I say it every time. That little red bar at the bottom of the screen. You want to hear about Tyreek? You want to see those helmets? Get over there. Then you can dip. But we'd appreciate it personally if you stuck around. Otherwise, you can listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects. And on Instagram at Division One Rejects. To see highlights from the show, fellas. Before we get into that, all that juicy content I'm pumped about today. Let's go talk to the man Jake from Grand Valley. The Night King. Joining us today is a man who got his start at Northern Illinois. He made his way to Grand Valley State. Strung together some some pretty dominant seasons for the Lakers on the D-line. Was a first-team ugly X selection this past fall. The Night King himself, Jake Lava. Jake, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm glad to have you on the show tonight, brother. Doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be supporting some fellow uh, Gliak, Gliak guys. Yeah, yeah, seriously. We always try to get uh, get the Gliak guys on, but you are someone that I, I definitely wanted to get on, not only because of the, uh, you know, you had a solid career in the Gliak, excuse me, but also going on to that next level, getting a shot at the CFL. We'll talk about that um, in a little bit. But uh, Night King, I got to assume you're a big, uh, big Game of Thrones guy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I've always... Uh... Not always, but recently, like what was it, like 2019? I got, I was, I was a little late to the Game of Thrones party, but as soon as I got into it, you know, what was it like season maybe three or four? They introduced Night King, and I just thought he was like the coolest thing ever. And like everybody's got their alter ego and shit. Like some, I think Rashawn Gary's got Bane. And I was like, nobody's got the Night King, so I was like, that's gonna be, that's gonna be my thing for sure. I love that. That's a celebration every time, right? Right here. So, oh yeah, a little alter ego for sure. I love that, dude. Um, how about uh, House of the Dragon? That's coming out kind of soon, right? You pumped for that? Yeah. And then Jon Snow's getting his own sequel. End of this, end of this year, I think. Sometime this year, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I, uh, my buddy put me out of that. I was not, I was not hip to the Game of Thrones game, uh, very until like pretty recently. But I binged the hell out of that, and I, yeah. other than like the last couple episodes, really satisfied with, uh, with all of that. But, um, I guess we'll start right with GV. You came to GV as a transfer from Northern Illinois, and I always wonder, um, you know, myself not being around that culture, coming in, did you gel with those guys right away? Because you're coming in as a guy who has experience at the college level. You're coming in competing for a starting spot. That's always kind of a, I feel like a touchy situation, depending on the program and what that brotherhood and what that that team looks like. So what was that like for you? Um, No, you know, yeah, just like you said, I mean, you're coming in competing for a starting spot. You're a D1 transfer. You kind of expect to just walk in, but, you know, GVSU isn't like, any normal like D2 program, you know, they get a lot of D1 transfers. There's a lot of talent there. A lot of those guys uh, pass up on like FCS offers to come to GB just because it's such a great program. So, you know, I come, I came in there and I talked about it like in my senior speech um, this, this past fall because we had those uh, before the season with the seniors. And I was talking about how I kind of came in with like a toxic mindset. And I was like, screw these guys, you know, I'm coming in. I'm going to I'm going to be the starting DN, blah, blah. I'm going to come out of here. Uh, Kind of more selfish, but you know, eventually it took a little. It took a couple months, but eventually, you know, I really gelled with those guys. That really, you know, the bro- my brotherhood of the, with the guys at GVSU. You know, it was a great experience. Um, wasn't what I expected. Not uh, didn't live up to my expectations because you know you come to you know GVSU in like the early two thousands with Brian Kelly, Chuck Martin. I mean, all those national championships and all that. So I was to say, just making you know, run after run after run. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you come there and you, uh, you get recruited by them in high school. I mean, you see what they're doing uh, over the years. And, you you know, I expect to win conference championships, national championships. Um, we had good success, you know. I had a good experience. We were um, always a, made the playoffs two out of three years, you know. 
had I had a good experience, but you know, I wish I would have got a little more. But you know, I mean, sometimes I mean, just out of your control. I mean, you got to yeah. I mean, there's just so much that's got to like fall right into the right place, especially when we talk about playoffs. Like, I mean, we saw Ferris go on a run last year that I don't know if we'll ever see again at this level or any level for that matter. The way they dismantled teams in the playoffs, but like even for a team like that and how talented they were, I mean, we saw that firsthand. Um, you have to have so much shit go right for you to make it that far and to do exactly what they did. And you said it like, and this is always is baffled me, but like you're totally spot on when you say guys really do leave FCS, sometimes larger division one offers to come play at Grand Valley. Now, whether that is for any specific reason, they've got some good recruiters over there. They play a really good brand of football. Um, my question for you is when the hell are they going to make the actual jump to D1? And now these guys aren't going to be giving up another D1 offers to go to D2. We've seen some big changes in the landscape of the GLIAC in the last couple of years, Northwood and Ashland being the most recent. But then even looking back further, you got schools like Finley, Tiffin, Hillsdale, like all these schools that have, that have left the, the GLIAC. When does, uh, when does Grand Valley join that, that group and make a jump up to D1? Yeah, that's a tough question. I really don't know. Um, I was on the leadership council this past year. So I, I kind of asked to have a little bit of inside information and I only, he only talked about it like one time and he had said he had mentioned it to, to some recruits and they kind of seemed like it was eminent in 2023, but um, I really? saw they just came out with some uh, um, stuff in uh, they were like, they just booked some ske- like some scheduling for like the upcoming years with some out of conference team. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it kind of seems like it's almost fading away. And I think the, the conference that was going to be was uh, going to be the Ohio Valley. Yeah, uh, you I, know, could, I could totally see that. That makes a lot of sense. That conference like, also is kind of like the Glee Act where it's, you know, it's kind of falling apart. So I think D1 makes a lot of sense for Grand Valley, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like there's really a good fit in the FCF. So honestly, I don't I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. I mean, we'll see. I think it makes a lot of sense, but, you know, I just don't see a great uh, fit for them right now to like conference-wise, you know. It's tough. No, it's tough. And the only reason I ask that too is because now we see like when you have teams like Texas and Oklahoma, USC, UCLA, you might think like that doesn't affect us at all. But then you have that trickle-down effect, right? You have these teams moving to now these huge power conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC. Now what happens? Those teams are grabbing schools from out of – or uh, not power five, group of five conferences. And then what happens there? There's holes there. And that effect will trickle potentially right. all the way down to us at, at a certain level. So it's just like – It's kind a of a years. board – Yeah, it might – like it's kind of a board talking point. But like the speculation is there every year because yeah. – And for good reason. Like Grand Valley plays really good brand of football. And not only that – Right here, right here, Jake. You guys got yeah. the money, you got the facilities, sure. oh, and yeah. the school size for sure. That's something that uh, over in Allendale, what, it's over 20,000, right? It's got to be. Yeah, like 25,000 plus. Holy cow, dude. That is nuts. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, hey, uh, just to be completely. So is it Lubber Stadium, right? Is that you guys? Stadium, yep. how, how many people can you fit in there? <laughs> that thing is freaking huge. Dude. Actual sitting, but like a lot of it is standing. But uh, I think we we brought the at the Ferris game this year. They had like seventeen thousand. Bro, like oh, I played uh, my first my first football game was my first very first football game was twenty seventeen against Nebraska. And honestly, it compared to like how loud that was for moments. It compared to like like they got like four or five like false starts in a row. It was the craziest thing ever. Yeah, we were watching that. I they were going. They had to go silent snap. Their their center kept snapping it too early. It was the craziest thing ever. Could you imagine, they, dude? That's like the quarterbacks on the end. They're covering the ear. Like, obviously, we don't have the headpieces yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. But, like, you're covering the ear, like, trying to get the – Dude, yeah, that's – Exactly, dude. You got the home quarterback. Exactly. Quiet down, quiet we down. Come, well, we come to Lovers this year, too, and I'm assuming that's why you ask, because this we're uh, Grand Valley's homecoming game this year. So, I'm, I'm hoping that 
that'll be a good showing. We'll see. Depends on what we do, I think, in the beginning of the season as far as, you know, what kind, kind of games we win. Um, homecoming last year, was Northwood homecoming last year? For us, yeah, yeah. Lisa. Yeah, but I, I heard from someone that, like, I forget if it was Michigan, Michigan State, or something else. There was some, like, big-time game that pulled a lot of people away from that one. Is that That's probably true. I mean, yeah, we have good fans. <laughs> I mean, usually it's just for, like, the first two, three games. First game's always lit. Uh, Ferris is always great. Yep. And then, like, one more. And then, obviously, as, as it gets colder and, the you know, the games start to get less less appealing, you know, the fade, the fans <laughs> fade away slowly. No, I, I hear that. I hear that. Um, and, you know, I guess moving on from that, I was looking, you know, because I do my research, right? I try, I try and look at all the guys you got on the podcast. And you had played in uh, the Dream Bowl back in January. I hadn't heard anything about this and about like um, just giving the guys another opportunity to get out and basically get more film, show their stuff for guys trying to like you trying to go play at the next level. Tell me, tell me a little more about that. Cause I had never heard about that till I was uh, looking through one of your feeds. Yeah, pretty much. So that was like uh, just after my senior season, you know, that was like the first experience I really had, you know, uh, it was really the only all-star game. I was trying to get into like the college gridiron showcase. I mean, there's like six or seven. I mean, all of them are pretty good opportunities to get to play in front of, NFL scouts play in front of uh, other guys who, you know, were at some of the, some of the best players on their team. So it's all good players and everything. I bet. And uh, yeah, I get up there to Virginia and they had to, it was kind of a, kind of a shit show, to be honest. It was a, in, ter in terms of just like, there was a, in Virginia is kind of usually like somewhat of like a, they can, they consider it the South. So it's usually used to warm weather. So like yeah. a snowstorm hits and it's supposed to be a four day event and they wrapped it into like two, three days. So you know, there's still a couple, there's still a few scouts there, but like what I was, ex I was expecting a lot more scouts there, but you know, I mean, you still got to be seen in front of scouts. They, they said they, uh, all the practices were streamed. So you, so like all this, uh, NFL, CFL, whoever scouts could see them and everything, but. Yeah. So you still got eyes on you. You still got for eyes sure. on you. I mean, I went in there, I went in there for sure. did my thing. I had two sacks. I had a couple TFLs on top of that, but oh yeah, you know, that's all I can, all you can really ask for is just, you know meet some other guys, some other like-minded individuals who are pursuing the same thing you are. The, I think the dream, they call it the dream bowl because it was like the Martin Luther King. And that was. That's um, right. Cause they play on uh MLK weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Now was that the connection to moving on to the CFL? Is that where you got to look there or is that something yeah. that uh, totally different? CFL was kind of random to be honest. I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> you, want me, you want me to talk about like the whole experience of like the draft and all that? I, for, the, for the Dream Bowl, you guys had a draft? No, no, no. I'm saying like – Oh, you're talking like, about CFL. Okay. Pre-draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, dude. Go into, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so right after that, uh, right after the Dream Bowl, I get back. Uh, I start training at Wind Performance, this place um, about 30 minutes uh, north of Chicago, uh, right, around my, right around my home area, get, getting ready for Pro Day, um, doing pretty well and everything. Pro Day comes. Um, doesn't fully go. It was already a pretty good pro day. Doesn't fully go how I expected though. Due to some things, you know, they were out of my control. But you know, I, overall, I had a pretty good pro day. Uh, started to wait for the draft. Um, draft comes around. Um, not hearing any uh, any calls. You know, no mini camp invites. No undrafted free agents. Anything like that. You know, I think a lot of it is because of like the COVID. Just because of like um, the the guy they gave a lot of people, including myself, you know, an extra year, which was great and everything. But it just kind of stockpiled and made the 2021 class like super big. No, I bet. And that's got to be tough. Like not to cut you off, but that's got to be tough on the mentals, right? Like as far as sure. you going yeah. through that process and not knowing, like when you don't get an invite to one of those things, like there's got to be in the back of your head. I know you're a confident guy, but there's got to be in the back of your head. Like, am I going to get a shot here? Is this going to pan out or what's the, what's the mindset going through that? 
Yeah, no, it's it's real tough, man. I mean, this whole NFL hopeful and for a long shot thing, you know, it's not it's not for the faint of heart. It's definitely you gotta really you gotta really love this shit, man. If you if you don't, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna pass you by. If you're just in it for the money, I mean, it's you're not gonna make it, you know. So you gotta really love this. You gotta stay ready, so to speak. You know, you gotta you gotta be working out five days a week. You gotta be ready to go. So I mean, when you get that call, I mean, you got that you're ready, you know, because you never yeah. really if you don't if you don't get a call after the draft. You don't truly necessarily know when it's going to come. It could come anytime. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, right place, right time, right? You got to get in front of the right people, show your stuff, do your thing that like you're talking about. Kate, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Jake, I just have one question here about kind of like you're talking about your journey to the CFL and like kind of just waiting and seeing if you're going to make that next jump. But you you, you see this tendency now with Division Two players getting getting shots at the next level, you know, and, and especially a lot of guys from Grand Valley where you went. I'm curious to see um, how did your coaches – and those guys in that in that uh, say front office, I should say, kind of market you out and get you some some looks from the CFL, or did they, did they give out personal texts or emails? You know, did they really help you out with that, or is it kind of a personal like get your own agent type of thing? For sure, because I feel like they probably have yeah. those type of connections. Like you said, there's definitely a long line of of guys that have that have made that jump. But oh, a little bit. I would say it's mostly on the agent and all that. I mean, he just. He just if they if they come to him he he says he he speaks the truth he's not gonna you know he's not gonna sugarcoat anything he's not gonna he wants to you know he wants to maintain good relationships with all these scouts so you know uh, what you've what you've done over the years that's that's what he's gonna talk about you know basically it but uh, no I mean it's we don't really talk about it that much you know with the with the coaches I mean they just they just kind of handle it and you know basically he basically said uh, if, if you're not like a sure thing if you're not like a Matt Judon had like twenty sacks. I mean, there's, I was saying, there's, right. there's, there's freaks too. You have, you definitely have your exceptions, like a guy like that. And obviously he's, he's made more than, uh, you know, what I think anyone had expected out of him. He's an absolute freak. And he's, this is what yeah. year, what year is this for him in the league now? I don't know, but like, like, like he's saying, you know, numbers speak volumes. So yeah, like you're not going to get a look if you don't have numbers, especially at like a D2 school. That's like, let's be honest. Like you gotta, no, you, you gotta, gotta ball fill, out. You gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta actually gotta fill out. the book right. to be even get that's a shot. Why, that's why the pro day is so important, which kind of sucks because you're just a number on a sheet. Right. But yep. in time, if you don't have like crazy numbers, I mean, a lot of it's, you gotta, you gotta do some stuff at the, you gotta do some stuff at your pro day. So, yeah. no, I, be- I believe that for sure. Now, um, moving on to like when you did get your chance, you know, when you got your shot with the Argonauts, how did that come about? You said it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I'm just sitting at home. Uh, was this like late May? You know, I'm just getting ready for my next week of workouts. Um, just sitting at home, doing some stretches in my basement on a Sunday, and then you know, my agent hits me up out of nowhere. I'm just like, why is he calling me? And then he's like, yeah, you might be in luck with the Toronto Argonauts. You know, they're interested. They have some guys go down. Um, they might be interested in you. And then 30 minutes later, you know, um, I'm signing a contract. He's sending me the PDF. I'm ready to sign a contract. He's, he's getting ready to book a flight and everything. So honestly, that was just a, you know, surreal experience. You know, one moment, you know, I'm Illinois, I'm in Illinois getting ready for another week of workouts, working out for God knows what. And then, you know, next day, you know, I'm born to flight to Canada to play pro football. And honestly, it moves that fast. And that's like, that shows the importance of, you know, staying ready. So you don't have to get ready. Cause you know, I was, yeah. I was always going to stay ready. Cause I always had hope in my heart that I would get that opportunity. But I mean, you never truly knew, Oh, yeah. you know, there, there was a lot of just like radio silence, like agents not saying anything. Then boom, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm yeah, time, just like know? that. And it's it's tough, I imagine too, because like you said, you're working out, you're staying ready, but like, yeah, there's no 
obvious end in sight per se. You know what I mean? There's nothing like chiseled out for you ready to go. It's just like something has to happen. Like you said, they had a few guys go down. So you fit a role for them. You uh, address a need potentially for them. Um, who's the first person you told when you got, after you got that call, after you got off the phone? I mean, I was kind of emotional about it. So my mom's like, what's going on? Is, is everything okay? I was like, I'm, I'm signing with Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> so kind of my mom and then uh, what well, I told like my trainer, a cl- another close friend. So those were kind of like the first people I told Yeah, my dad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah so sure. just kind of reflecting on that uh, story you told, you kind of have to, some similarities between it. I mean, I feel like everyone remembers their first offer, you know, your first college mm-hmm. offer. You're, you're always going to remember that. True. How does that kind of like, what were the emotions like when you get that call from not a college team, but a professional team? I mean, I can't imagine like I was, I, I damn near cry when I got my first college offer. I was say, you know what I mean? Like that just times it's, like, it's million, gotta be yeah. just freaking ecstatic. I can't even imagine the, like you're sitting in your basement. Like you said, like you're not expecting a CFL team to call you and be like, Hey, like sign a contract and get down here or get up here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Get up. Um, obviously, yeah, you're just like grateful, sigh of relief. Obviously, you know, I was hoping that always dream was, I'm not going to like act like my dream was to play in the CFL. You know, it's a great opportunity to everything. Right. But, like the dream was always in the NFL. That would have, that would have hit way more different, way different. But, uh, CFL was definitely cool. You know, I was obviously just grateful for an opportunity and I finally, you know, I was finally getting, finally getting a chance, finally had someone to believe in me. And that was, you know, that was really satisfying. Hell no, yeah. that's a good feeling. No, not even like football, just in general, but I mean, anywhere in life, like you got someone that can, you know, backs you up and believes in your ability is going to take really, cause that's what it comes down to. They're taking a chance on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now you had hinted that when I, when I talked to you about before coming on the show, uh, just talking about some of the challenges and in, in making yeah. it in the CFL. And I don't know, like, you know, from being in America, what it, that kind of dynamic had to do with it, but what were some of those tough aspects of going up there and trying to compete in that league? um well the first thing is uh i showed up in like the middle of camp so they were they had already done they had already oh, just done a separate rookie, separate rookie mini camp they were like uh practice five six and they that was like the injuries like i said they decided yep. to bring me in so i was kind of behind the eight ball in terms of like a learning the canadian game which i'll get into in a second and b just you know learning the scheme and everything and also like everyone you know already having their feet wet and me just having to go from being off the street to boom i'm pra- hitting the field practicing but um yeah with some dudes, by the way, like you're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You want me to? You want me to get into who's who was on the D line, dude? You, hey, you go for it, man. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm, yeah. I'm all ears. So I get, so I get in there. I get into the first day, and I immediately know it's like the film room. I mean, we got, we got like Shane Ray, first round pick, 2015 with the Broncos, played in the Super Bowl with uh, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware. We had Coney Ely, um, second round pick, 2014. Uh, he had two stacks in the Super Bowl that that year when uh, Cam Newton played in the Panthers, right? Yeah. Yep. He had yep. two sacks. I know you, Yeah, uh, I remember that name. That is nice. Uh, freaking uh, Sean Oakman, internet legend. Ooh, got no way, bro. Yeah. Oakman was yeah. on that D-line, dog? Yeah, he, he was a giant. Yeah, I was saying, in person is exactly the same as the memes or what? Yeah, I mean, his, his voice, I mean, if you've seen, like, Lord of the Rings, like, the orcs, like, how deep, like, they talk, he literally, that's, like, literally Sean Oakman. He's, like, every <laughs> oh, bit, shit, that's dude. sick, bro. Every bit is 6'7", damn near 6'9", like, he's, he was, he's a real-life giant. He's, he's Dude, that is, I mean, you just like lift those, lift those guys off him, but it's like, you know, it's gotta be easy to remember those guys. Cause not only those guys are physical yeah. specimens, but also just the lengths and the yeah. levels of football these guys have played to be yeah. thrust right into that. I mean, that's something else, dude. That's wild. Yeah. It was just like very humbling, you know, very cool, you know, to be a part of a, like a position group with that level of talent and experience. And at that point, like, you know, I was, I was only like a few, uh, I remember thinking to myself, I was only like a few days in, like, I haven't made the roster yet. And I don't know if I'm going to make it, but like, yeah. I've really made it in a sense. If I'm in the same spot as all these guys who 
been at the highest level and all oh, yeah. that, then like, you know, I've, I've made it to, you know, the professional level. Like not many people can say that. So exactly. And that's what I was telling you is like, you know, roster or not how one game, a preseason game or an entire season, like getting to that level is such an accomplishment. And that's why like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll take anyone on here who's even gotten the chance to do that from the division two, division three, sure. whatever level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's what, that's what we're football all about. Football, dude. That's what we're you know all about. I mean? Exactly. It's exactly what it is. So, um, but man, that, that's nuts. And I keep, I'm like, I'm kind of in awe about that, but for you, mm -hmm. You know, you don't have time to sit there and be a fan. You can't be a fanboy, right? Because you're competing with these guys. So yep. talk about, you know, that. And you can't sit there and be an all. Like, those are your teammates. They're, like, potential teammates. Yeah, so it was a little bit of, like, moment of awe. But, like, at the same time, I'm, I'm competing for a job. You know, this is my dream. I want to this roster. So I show up. You know, the first day, I'm honestly I, – I, I, impressed, I impressed a pretty good amount. You know, a lot of people are asking, like, oh, where would you play? Like, Literally, like, who are you? Like, you just showed up. You got this, like, bullshit-ass 79 jersey on out there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> getting after the quarterback. They're like, who is this guy? Where did you play? All that, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, honestly, just just like I was talking about how is it, like, that I made it moment. It was, like, another moment is, like, what was it, like, practice two or three. You know, you got Shane coming up to me, you know, in the film room. And he's like, he's like, I can tell you're polished. You know, you got a good double swipe. You got a good long arm. Um we're watching film and guys are like, I'm making, I'm uh, pass rushing or making moves or something. And guys are like, Ooh, ah, you know, like when you're watching film and somebody does like something pretty sweet, you know, oh, that feels good. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that like, feels good. Getting that acknowledgement from guys who played with literally hall of famers, like Shane played with Vaughn and DeMarcus where uh, Coney Ealy played with like Jared Allen. So if those guys, you know, are ooh and on and like compliment me, you know, that's, that's pretty much all I need to know. Like that I, you know, have, have gotten to like the highest level of my craft. You know, I'm, I'm among that one, 2%, whatever it is. Of, it's reassurance it's from like the highest level, sure. like you said. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I already knew it in my heart of hearts, not to be like comp overconfident or anything, but I always, I always knew that I had, uh, I had what it takes to play at that level, but just, just like you said, the reassurance hearing yeah. it from the guys was everything was that's all i needed to hear i'm gonna you say know? hearing it from someone else is huge because yeah. like obviously you're gonna be confident like nobody in that league was ever like oh i can't go play in the cfl i can't i can't go play in the nfl they all gotta believe in themselves which is mm -hmm. which is awesome but um yeah you you kind of said like challenges with playing canadian ball is there anything that stands out immediately as, as far as the the style of game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh going into it uh i had gone to a cfl trial a couple weeks earlier uh with montreal so i'd gotten a little bit of reps at like the there's a yard off the ball. You have to be a yard off the ball instead of like the neutral zone between the O-line, D-line. So I knew about that and I knew about the the longer and wider field. I think the the playing field is 110 yards. The end zones are 20 yards and there's like a goal post that like in the middle of like yeah. the end zone. So it's kind of weird. So I, I already, <clears throat> already knew about that. But as I uh, got there and uh, day by day, I felt like I was like, there was a new rule I learned about like every day. It was honestly crazy. Like there's 12 play. I didn't even know this. There's 12 players on each side of the ball. It's pretty much just like an extra DB. 12 extra instead of 11? Yeah. I didn't know that either, dude. I knew about the end zones, uh, about the neutral zone thing. I, I didn't even – How? Could, I feel like I've watched some CFL ball too, and it just doesn't jump out to you. There's three downs for offense. So that definitely affected yeah. like game flow and everything. You know, like teams don't really – I mean, you only really can really run, run the ball on first down. That's pretty much it. So it's a lot. It's a big time passing league. Uh, there's lots of motion. You know, it's not just like the NFL where one player can motion. I mm -hmm. this really this really messed with my eyes in the first game because there's all this motion in the backfield and you're just you just don't want you don't want to get cut off from you know your gap as a DN. So there's a lot of a lot of motion, a lot of window dressing um, going sure. on in the back. No, that's a, then, that's a good word choice. The window dressing for sure. No, they can get a 
head start towards the line of scrimmage, correct? Yeah, that's got to be nuts. Awful for DBs, especially. Yeah. 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 It's already hard enough. I was going to say, dude, he's like, <laughs> Jesus. dude's already coming full speed at you. And now you got to, like, there's got to be, like, no pressing in this league. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the rules are definitely tailored to the offense. Then, uh, Kind of like what I what I was getting into, like also the small. There's a small roster size. You know, the NFL is 53. The uh, Canada's only 45. And there's Man. also on the amount of uh, Americans that you can have on the team. I think it's like 22 or 23 out of 45 could be American. So they try to tailor it so it's not like fully overrun by Americans. And there has to be uh, out of like what the 24 starters, seven of them have to be Canadian. So there's a lot of rules in place. That so, I didn't yeah. know either. I didn't so, know they had wait, limits on any of that. That's kind of weird. Like. It should just be whoever like the best player is. Yeah, but they don't want their. their no, yeah. I get it. Like they don't want their brand. They don't of want to be saturated to be... with Americans. I get it because it's exactly. a Canadian football right. league, of course. Yeah. So like, I get it. I like... kind of didn't know about that, dude. We have a coach here, Jake. Uh, his name's coach is Bobby Jerson. Yeah. He's actually the all-time sacks leader, I believe, in the CFL. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, He's a Hall of Famer in the CFL. So he, uh, every now and then, he gives us a little bit of insight on the CFL, and he, we got a bunch of respect for those guys, especially here at Northern, because you know we try to get guys over there seniors that are graduating and all that you know we we try to do that but yeah so a bunch of respect for the cfl and i i mean like we said any any place after college football like you can't be more grateful no totally and like you know like that didn't pan out for you this opportunity didn't but who's to say that something very similar even at the next level can come up down the line like there's no there's no saying um you know in that regard but you know, looking down that line, what is next for you? Are you eyeing one of the spring leagues coming up here, or is there another move that you're going to try and make? Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, reflecting on the whole experience, I felt like I, you know, I went in there, did my thing. You know, it was kind of hard to make an impression because I came in, uh, it was like the last two weeks, and I only had, what, like five or six full practices, two preseason games. So, I mean, you think about, like, your camp. It's kind of hard to make an impression to make a roster within totally. that short. It's hard to make an impact, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's and especially when guys already have – Contracts, guaranteed money. Some of these guys have uh, a lot more. Like a big thing, uh, I heard somebody somebody saying who also got cut. There's a, there's a lot of like clout in this league. There's a lot of um, player turnover. And once once you get but once you get your foot in the door, you're kind of good. It's just really hard, uh, especially as American, like we just said, to get your foot in the door um, into the CFL. But once you get in, usually you're good, and you can definitely balance from team to team. But um, as you were saying, you know, I feel like my journey's you know far from finished. I don't really when I got cut. Well, I wasn't really. You know, I wasn't really tripping about it too much. I knew that I made a strong impression. You know, if somebody gets hurt, I think they could definitely bring me back or maybe um, another team in the CFL will bring me in. If not, um, uh, the XFL is looking like looking like a great opportunity. Oh, yeah, we're, ba- we're big XFL guys. Over oh, here, yeah. Jake. We are all in on the XFL. I love it, dude. I think that's going to be a great league. And, you know, um, yeah, just staying ready for that. I think the draft's coming up. So hopefully I get uh, entered into the draft pool in that. Um, get an opportunity with them. USFL, I don't know a whole bunch about that. But honestly, those are like the three leagues I'm focused on right now. NFL, yeah. of course. But I feel like um, already being passed over once, you know, I feel like I'm going to have to go, go to one of these leagues, prove myself, get some film, and then maybe hopefully the NFL, which is always a dream to 100%. Get, yeah. get back there. But, I mean, regardless, you know, I, I feel like uh, I belong at the pro level in some capacity. You know, uh, I don't want to be, like, overconfident or anything, but I just know um, – I just know what I've what I've done to how much I put into this. I know the numbers that I've done through testing, stats, film, all that. I've seen other people in my position, and you know, I just feel like, you know, I belong at this level. And I'm yeah, I'm, uh, like you really stack up. up. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Hey, wherever you end up, brother, wherever you get another opportunity, we're gonna be rooting for you, man. I appreciate you. Hell yeah, little boy Jake. Huh? Hell yeah, appreciate you, Jake. Appreciate Thanks for it, coming man. on, bro. Yeah, appreciate mm-hmm. you, man. Um, like I said, wherever you end up, stay in touch. 
definitely rooting for you, my guy. But uh, like I said, cannot appreciate you coming on enough, my man. Have a good one. Appreciate you guys for having me. All right, brother. I'll see you. See you. Shout out to the man Jake right here, fellas. That's the, yeah, that's I, the Night King. I, I ain't going to do this celebration. <laughs> it's okay. But that's the Night King. I thought that was awesome. Um, good conversation with him. He had a lot to say about the whole CFL experience. The Dream Bowl was kind of cool. I never really knew about that. A lot of cool opportunities for those guys that are really in his shoes. I just hope some of those are money grabs. I don't know if that one, you know what I mean? You see some of those that are like, yeah, like pay to fly out here and stay in this resort while we, but you know, it's not like he at least got some eyes on him from some professional leagues, which is, which is a good thing for him. We really appreciated uh, having him on. But, fellas, the big news out of the GLIAC today was not only media day going on down in Detroit, the preseason rankings were released today for the GLIAC. We've got those pulled up here. The preseason coaches poll for the GLIAC in first, no surprise here, Ferris State, 35 votes, for, and then five first-place votes. Now, I will say, number two, Grand Valley, again, no surprise here, 32 votes and two first place votes. Very that that margin is very short. Now the departure of Jared Bernhardt obviously has a lot to do with that. But uh, other than that, I mean, both these teams actually retain a lot more than I was expecting. Jimmy, what are you gonna say? So there's seven first place votes because the seven head coaches in the GLIAC. Is that how that works? I would assume that's how it okay, goes. Yeah. So obviously, I would assume that Ferris can't vote for themselves. That's so, true. So one of those so votes. So one other team voted for. Grand yeah. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. it's basically. Five to one, because yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Uh, if that's if that's how it's run, which would make sense. I, I, again, it's an assumption. I have no idea. Yeah. And it, I mean, Grand Valley could win the GLIAC, but I, yeah, I, I mean, they, they, they guess we'll see. They return we'll a lot. They return a lot, we'll and that see. that losing Jared Bernhardt is going to be tough for them. Their offense is going to look a lot different this year. But going back to the rest of the rankings, number three, you got three and four. This really is a toss up. Michigan Tech and Saginaw Valley, twenty four votes for Michigan Tech, 22 for Saginaw Valley. We saw those teams go at it up in Curley Stadium in Houghton uh, in the last week of the season. Michigan Tech pulled that one out by, I believe, a touchdown, if not less. It was a very close game. Now, those two teams actually double up each other this year. Saginaw Valley and Michigan Tech will have two games, one up in Curley and then one down at Randall Harvey Wicks Memorial Wasn't Stadium. Wasn't it 12-9? No, it was more high scoring okay. than that, for sure. Um, but 12-9. Sorry, there was, a, there was a game Tech played. There's a weird score. And they won like 12 to 9. Was it against that St. It could have been St. Oh, Thomas. Thomas. It might have been their yeah. opener. It yep. would have been their yep. opener. It was a yeah. weird, it was like a they weird have St. Thomas there. again this year, so that'll be interesting. Uh, moving down the board, number five. There we are, fellas. Northern Michigan uh, with 14 votes to our name. Below us is Wayne State with 12 votes. And rounding out that seventh spot is Davenport with eighth, eight votes, excuse me. And you know what? I will say, like, I, I think they got it kind of on the button. And as far as preseason ring go, if you're looking at last year and, you know, what kind of happened, really I think this is just the standings, is what the standings finished as last year in the GLIAC, right? Yeah. So you can't really argue with this too right. much. And I would say the best part about this list right now is that every team's record is 0-0. That is the best part. So yeah, this, that is exactly so the best part. And teams, and, teams and players getting, getting, you know, getting, like, fired up and fed up with it, like, go do something about it. Yeah, seriously, you, know, you got, we, all, you we, got we, like 10, 11 games to go prove it. Right, exactly. So, really, this is just numbers and, and, and letters. Yeah. It could really, it, it doesn't no, mean no, there shit. There are numbers and letters up there. Like, just like Coach Thomas used to say, shout out Coach Brad Thomas. Yeah. Nameless, faceless. I got a text from uh, BT the other day, actually, and he, he said, because I, I used he that. I, yeah, he's been listening. So, shout nice. out to him. But I used that in our conversation with Jacoby, and he texted me and said that he loved that comment about nice. that nameless, faceless opponents. You, yep. can't, you can't hype them up. You can't think they're lesser than what they are. All you I see on that board same. is zero dash zero. Ain't no, ain't no, 
don't matter. Exactly. So big chance for us over here at Northern to prove ourselves for sure. Um, but as far as we move into this GLIAC season, we're definitely going to stay very objective. We're going to do right. a lot of yep. coverage on GLIAC, um, and we're going to have opinions. Like, that's what this show is about. But at the same time, like, respecting all of our opponents. You know, we have oh, guests yeah. on from all the different schools uh, on this list. I do believe we've covered... We've had Wayne, we had SAG, we Tech, Grand Valley. I don't think we've had Dylan Davenport. We have, Davenport is the one I believe we're missing. Well, Ferris. So, right, yeah. Well, we had uh, Caleb, Caleb Murphy. Caleb Smith. Smith, sorry. Smith is on, Smith. yeah. But um, other than that, we got a guy from Davenport on. we got to make that happen. But otherwise, you've got pretty good uh, GLIAC representation. Um, but like I said, guys, I think they actually, you know, this list, from what we know in the past, this list makes sense. Yep. So uh, definitely cool about that. Otherwise, uh, I wanted to talk about... The media day a little bit as in as a whole. Did you guys you guys tuned in for that today? Yeah, yeah we were, me and Kate were watching. We were at the, work on the, actually on the today. We were yep. dragging logs around listening on the to golf course, listening day. to the media oh, day. Yeah. We were watching and listening. Yeah. So, what were your impressions of just like the production wise of like how that media day was run? So, to be completely honest with you, I only watched uh, the tech and the northern interview. That's okay because I we were kind of busy at work, but I, kinda, I mean, you kinda, just, we kind of just turned on the the live stream and yeah. tech was on, and then we were right after tech. So, I will kinda, say for the most part, I watched. Grand Valley, Tech, Northern, obviously. And then I think, what was after Saginaw after Northern? Or was it Davenport? Whoever was after us. I watched the first four. It was Saginaw. I watched the first four. Yeah. And I I would say this. Davenport was first. I thought that was, compared to last year with the Zoom, I think that was really important to get kind of like the GLIAC back in person. Yeah. I feel like that gives a lot more people more opportunities to, you know, Get get on social media and yeah. people to get there, and it's easy. It's way easier to ask questions, not on a Zoom call. You know, what my I mean? thing. My thing about it was it needed to be more fun. It was so uptight, and it was so. And, and the I interviews lasted about. And the interviews lasted like, like maybe two, three minutes. Like I know, the whole thing our was guys so drove brief. seven hours to go down there. You know, what I mean, but you know, it's great. I think it's great for our conference. I think that it's necessary for sure. I think I think I still think the Gleak is just undoubtedly slept on. Like the football that is played here, just like. From other people that don't know, like well, you heard casual football literally fans. every coach that went there talked about how we're the best league in the country. Yeah, like they all casual football it fans. And, you know yeah, what I'm saying? True. Casual football fans, and I think that it's gonna it, every year. It's really eye opening, and there's there's don't there's up. there's great football played week in and week out, no matter who you're playing. Yeah, you know 100%. you got to go in there, and it's like 100. I think that everyone was really well spoken for the most part. Obviously, our boys did the best, you know, because of course. They actually, like, I, I, like, genuinely though, they did a really good job. They there did. Were, there yeah. were a couple of guys you could tell, um, you know, weren't extremely comfortable in front and the of the nerves, crowd like that. And, yeah, you know, it's, the nerves came out. But like, yeah. you can't blame those guys. It's not what they do. They're they're here to play football Especially and go to school. Like a, they're like not even Dre and John. They're six year guys. Yeah. And John's talking about how he's a little nervous. You know, like mm-hmm. that's it's it's, just, it's good though. You want to be nervous. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, that's what that's kind of my takeaway. Was it for it was just is a little uptight. And and when that happens to me, you get very stereotypical repeated answers when yeah. you're talking about like, mm-hmm. you know, well, we're only looking at this one game at a time. Right. You know, the only week that matters is next week. I'm just, and then the guy's like, I'm, I'm just here to help my team win. Like, well, well, Grand Valley, they talked, they didn't talk about winning first game or the next game. I know. Yeah. They, they went straight well, to Matt the college Mitchell, football committee and. Well, Matt Mitchell did, he did drop that though. He did drop that. He was like, yeah, because he asked him about Ferris and he was like, well, we're one game at a time. He, he did give that. He gave that answers like anyone else. But you, you could tell their, their sights were definitely set on, you know, the future. They got to get through I the... I can't believe that Abe Swanson's kid's back. 
I know. He's a dog. Yeah. I, he actually gave us a follow on the on the Twitter. Nice. So I might nice. have to get him on because he, oh, yeah. he was solid. Him and Borchert was a, the linebacker's first he's team. A, he's a hell of a player. I'll give he, him that. He was Watching good, him dude. firsthand, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he was a dog. Um, but I just, you know, that was my takeaway from that is I want to see more more energy. I want to see those guys loose. And it's hard in that environment because you have media members and cameras pointed at you. Like right. we know. Right. Even when we get guys in here, this is a pretty relaxed environment. People get a little bit tense that they are not used to being on camera. Hunter Dan. Um yeah, hundred <laughs> is, but you know what, Petey? Shout I got Petey. Shout I got Petey. <laughs> I gotta make my case. I gotta hit up our guy Cam. I want to host that thing next. Damn year. Damn right, boy. I want to host that thing next year. I, that that's gonna be my goal. And I'm I'm saying it on here so that I actually follow through and do that. I don't know if they would let me, but man, I want to host that thing. I think Imagine Kobe. Fun. Kobe goes for like a hundred and two touchdowns against Davenport <laughs> in his interview. <laughs> What are you guys going to do next year? <laughs> no. Well, hopefully tackle your ass. <laughs> no, but like in all seriousness, like as far as I think they might actually be game for it, as far as me being a journalism major at a GLIAC institution, playing football. Well, that's a hell of a story you for would GLIAC, think. too. So wait, hold on. Exactly. Let me something. What if, like Kate like said, you have this crazy year and Nystrom wants to bring you to the media day? Well, well I'm, what, not, what, I'm, what not, a, I'm not a veteran. That well, wouldn't really but, happen. But, but hypothetically, what would you do? Would oh, you, I'd much rather you? host it. Really? 100%, dude. Come on. You look at me, Jim. That's what I want to do, I know, man. but I'm just saying, like, I don't Okay. But I'm going to... I, 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 I just had to ask the question. No, for sure. I'm going to help our guy. Fly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a peacock. peacock. You got to let me spread my wings. <laughs> Great movie. Just watched that yesterday, actually. Other guys? Other guys. Oh, if, yeah. Yeah, if you're not on that, what are you doing? Um, but I'm going to make my pitch. I got to hit up our, our guy Cam again. Might try and get him back on the podcast too. Cause we had a good conversation with nice, him. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of, that was kind of my spiel about that. I think I do really want to be a bigger part of that. I want to make that event mean more for the GLIAC yeah. and for it to be a lot more fun, man. We mm-hmm. got to get people, people more, like you said, more eyes in the GLIAC. And I think that's one way that you could very easily do it. Um, but that's, that's all on that. Let's talk more GLIAC wise though. Let's talk about Ferris. And I alluded to it earlier. They added a Division One team to their 2023 football schedule. That team is Montana in the Big Sky Conference. And like I said, none of it has been officially announced. That was my pathetic attempt at a drum roll, if you guys didn't pick up on that. That was yeah, good. It was yeah. good. <laughs> you, did, you did what you could. But they added Montana. Um, like I said, it has not been officially announced, but I've been seeing it on, uh, you know, I do my snooping on Reddit. I've got uh, footballschedules.com pulled up here. I've seen it at four or five different sites, and it, it was posted on Montana's, uh, some type of their social accounts. But they've been added to the 2023 schedule, and, you know, that's a big pickup for Ferris State. We've seen them pick huge. up some big opponents this year. Pickup. Lenore Ryan is a big one that they picked up. They're playing them week two, I believe. Lenore Ryan is a uh, – premier division two football team maybe make the playoffs the last i don't even know how many years um now i will say more of the details here like i said none of this has been set in stone but this is what's being reported uh montana will host fair state at washington grizzly stadium in minnesota montana or missoula montana sorry on saturday september 16th 2023 the grizzlies will pay the bulldogs a how much we got to guess this how many how much are they making it's gotta be it's fcs they don't have crazy banks six figures six figures it's six figures. 800K. Oh, okay. No, not that big. Not that big. I'm going to oh. say like two, yeah. okay. 220. Now you're, now you're in that ballpark. I, mean, I honestly don't know. They're paying the Bulldogs. It's, it's interesting because yeah. at this level, you don't really you don't know. You don't really see it, yeah. They're paying the Bulldogs 175 grand guaranteed for playing the game according to a copy of the contract now that is supposed they, to have been leaked. Now if they win... That's the thing. Is there a stipulation in there? We don't know. That is a guaranteed money. So when we talk about like Kyler's contract, how much is guaranteed... Are there like incentives? Are there things that could right. you know make that number go a little higher? So I'm looking here at Montana's year last year, and they had a ten and three 
I yep. mean, they're 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 tied for third in the conference. They were the six. The big sky's a good conference. They were too. six and one at home, so that's got to be that's got to be a pretty tough. And I would imagine some people would go out Montana, to that game. Dude, Cody, you know? pull, up, pull up Montana Stadium. It's actually like really really cool. The Grizz, Montana the, Grizzlies. Dude, the stadium is sick, dude. It's one of the coolest views in like the entire country. Really, it's like the middle of the mountains, dude. I've not. I can't say I've. It's uh, incredible. Actually, it's, seen it. Yeah, you, you gotta pull it up. Show the viewers, dude. Like I got, dude. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness! It's and breathtaking. Dude. I will Look say, at Kobe. That. All right, oh, hold up. Yeah, oh yeah. Give Holy me a second shit. to get my things going. Look at here. that, yeah, dude. This is Montana Stadium. Yeah. Wow, dude. And you'd have to imagine you that's one of the bigger games. That. Yeah. You have, you have to imagine oh, that's one those, of the bigger, yeah, biggest those stands games. Are, those stands are packed. But my gosh, that is sick. You literally yeah. just dropped it right in the middle yep. of this like clutch of mountains. Yep. That's sick, dude. That's bad. Good for Fair State. That's that's good for yeah. that's good for Division Two and the Gliad. Oh, that's huge! I really dude. think you're like, going to no start doubt. seeing more of that, I, especially with like you know the Grand Valleys and the Ferrises. I really do think you're going to start seeing more cross Division One, Division Low Division One. I think well, especially that's if you have a, a year a like Fair State had, I think like that makes it an an absolutely so obvious. They're pretty choice much saying you think this is a fluke. Like here we go, let's go do this now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I will say one of their other out of. Out of conference games is playing Butler, which is in that Pioneer League, the D one non scholarship team. Dude, I said it earlier today. I think Ferris I think, is going to kill Butler. I well, they're not. No, no, no. Sorry, one of Montana's other oh, out of conference games. Ferris oh, is not playing them. But oh, what I was going to say, I think Ferris would mop the floor with Butler. I think they would too. I've seen a game at Butler when I went on my visit, my official visit or unofficial visit to Butler. They played Indiana Wesleyan to NAI school. They beat them in overtime. Dude. And I don't know if Butler's come that far. There's a couple good teams in that league, in that Pioneer League. I know Davidson actually had a really good squad. Um, I've seen them play. They're, they've got a, a team over there. Um, and some of those schools will have good years. Like the yeah, Drakes, yeah. the Valpos, Dayton has, has had a decent squad in the past. But, I, dude, I take Ferris against any of them. Dude. That, last year's, last year's Ferris Without team. question, yeah. dude. And we may, let's, let's be honest, we may be a little biased. Of course we are. Let's be honest. Just a little. Let's be bit. honest. Like we've seen. Well, I haven't yet, but you guys have seen Ferris <clears throat> play front. It's like right in front of you because I didn't travel last year, so I didn't get to see him play. But I did get the pleasure to see Grand Valley, and the fact that Ferris and Grand Valley like just duel it out every time they play. Like these teams are legit. Montana is in for a, a, a nice surprise. They're they they their hands full. They're their hands yeah. full with Ferris. Yeah. Now, I, was, I don't know if that's at Montana or is at Is it next Ferris. year or the, the year after that? 2023, so this is next year. Oh, correct? nice, nice. That's big time. I wonder if it's before they play us. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it hasn't been officially announced on their schedules as far as where it sits on Ferris's schedule. Um, but either way, man, I am like... That's I'm, sick, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see that happen. Yeah, good but for Ferris State. Let's, uh, let's move over to the NFL side of things. Fellas, like I talked about in the beginning... It feels like every damn NFL team has released a new alternate helmet this week. Um, we're gonna rifle through. I want to rate them. Just get let's get like a one through ten, I guess, or like just like a, a cool or not cool. Just put you know a, what I mean? No, just go. Just put like, a picture up. We're all give a rate and then go to the next one. Yeah, we've got eight of them to react to. The first one here is the Eagles, all black. Let me uh, zoom in a little bit more on that guy. I actually like love that. I think that's clean as hell. Like an eight and a half. Nine. I, I like really it. like I that. Like I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna I really go. like that. I guess we don't have to do numbers. I could get repetitive, yeah. but just kind of talk about it, like. Those they have black uniforms too, correct? I can see. I can already see Jalen Hurts just absolutely that again dripping in that helmet. (laughs) I'm with you though. He's like like the ultimate like swag master, Jalen Hurts. Like he's going to rock that dude, especially when he got to Oklahoma. I think is where he actually turned on that. Like not week one though. They're gonna get wiped by the Lions, but after that, I think it was getting out of that that Saban regime. Not you know no shot there, obviously, but like they win games. But like you go to Oklahoma, you Saban to swag uh, meter to the max to. 
what's his face? Uh, Lincoln Riley, right? Riley, yeah. There's a lot. There's different, different. Who's now at USC? I mean, that's like talk about freaking swag, like clout chasers. Lincoln Riley, 100. percent So that was the Eagles. Now I'll move on to the next one here. The Patriots oh. with a throwback look, retro they, uh, look. Fun fact for you guys. Kind of clean there. They uh, they wore those in the Super Bowl against the Bears, and they lost 46 to 10. <laughs> was that 1947? Uh, 1986, January 26. Look at this guy, man. Either way. I'm glad it doesn't lost. matter because none of us were alive. Now, it looks like those jerseys go with that, too. Are those are going to be retro uniforms as well, right? Yeah, That's what it looks like? I hate the Patriots. Those are sick. Those are badass. Yeah. That uh, like I can't say that I like, hate the Patriots. I guess. I <laughs> yeah, I know. I know why Kate hates him, but <laughs> yeah, but um, that like militia man on the side there, that like, like the so minute man, cool. like a minute man That's type so deal. Cool. He's got a so football, cool. right? Like he's snapping the ball. Uh, yeah, it's sick. That's badass, That's dude. Sick. I'll give it to him. That's sick. I'm I'm here for that that Patriots look. I don't know about that. Like, is it like a gold visor with that? Yeah, I mean they're just trying to. Yeah, I don't know if I'm bought in on that, but you think I mean, Belichick's gonna let any one of those guys wear a gold? That visor. is very true, dude. That is very true. Moving on to the next one here, we got the Cowboys with another retro look. They used to wear these, I want to say in the '80s. Sounds about right. Um, but this look has been around. This all white look with the blue star, uh, clean, minimal. It definitely. That's the thing with this one. It looks like it feels. Old, not retro. And you know I, what I mean? Is there like yeah, a, you kind of yeah. get that difference? I think it's just pretty like plain. I, exactly. I, I don't have any, anything wrong with so, it. I, honestly, I'm glad that, like the Cowboys didn't go full Cowboys here and just be go super crazy. flashy, like a chrome blue with a gold star. Like that's something. Yeah. something but you kind of hear what I'm saying. Like there's a difference to, for me. Like that retro has so much appeal in today's day and age, whether it be like style or look or whatever. Talk about retro jerseys. This doesn't feel as much retro. It I think they try old. to give it a little retro look with the, shin, the, the, the <clears throat> chin pad, too. You know how that's kind of like a plain... Because ain't nobody wearing that anymore. I mean, Except Aaron Rodgers wearing the freaking ball sack diaper. Oh, my... <laughs> <laughs> you see his little chins like poke out of the tool. <laughs> oh, God. What a scumbag. <laughs> jail! Put him in jail! Big Cat, hey. put him in jail! Yeah. Big Cat. And I will say... <laughs> I was just telling the boys, I've got the opportunity to go down to Green Bay to cover day one of training camp here on Wednesday. So when this airs, it'll be tomorrow. I'm going down to film and cover day one of training camp. Shout out that boy, Cody Manzo. I will Manzo. have to say that Shout out to Cole. Aaron Rodgers' face. Go to jail. The, Aaron, Aaron, over here, Aaron. Cody Manzo, <laughs> TV6 News. Uh, Aaron, I just, I want to make sure your chin's protected with that ball sack diaper that you continue to wear. I brought you a new chin strap. Could you imagine? <laughs> Here, Aaron, hopefully it fits. He's I like, would never have another job. Yeah. I would never have another job. But if you're trying to get out of this it. one, maybe you could. Oh, you know? my gosh. Uh, but we'll move on to the Ooh. next helmet that that's, we've got up here. Just, I just think of Deion Sanders. This right. one. Okay, the Deion Sanders uh, comparison. This is the Atlanta Falcons new look with the all red. Uh, otherwise, pretty similar as far as the, the helmet Falcon, goes. Why is the Falcon so like, disto distorted? No, that that's how it used to look. That's how it used to be. That. That's is it just like way longer than I the, usually? No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Are you sure, dude? It's a little different for sure, but I don't think it's like a crazy difference. It could be. That's also a retro look for them, I believe. A lot of these, like the Patriots, the Cowboys, I believe this Atlanta one as well. They're all the retro looks. They still are obviously the alternate helmets, so they still fit in that rule where they can only wear them for like two games out of the year. Yeah. So look, but this is a retro look for that's them. That's like their one <clears throat> right now. 
It could also be, and like coming from a photographer, it could also be the focal length this picture yeah, was taken yeah, at. Yeah. Like things do get distorted depending on, but you know, they could have changed it up a little bit and tweaked it for the helmet. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. They just released the the image of I these, and I that's like kind of all we get. Is that told. Drake London, by the way? <clears throat> is that is it AJ Terrell? Oh, that is Terrell. Is it Terrell? I see the four. Yeah, the twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. That's Terrell. Yeah, definitely ain't Desmond Ritter. His big ass head couldn't fit in that. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we we like that one though. I'm, pr- I'm You see, Ritter has like, like a ninety one. speed in Madden. Here we go. Does he? Wait a minute, what? It's like an 88. And, oh, that's wild. Uh-huh. He can move like that? Oh, yeah. I believe <clears> that. <throat> don't. Let me yeah, you can pull it up. But let's look at the next helmet here. These ones, I'm kind of interested to uh, get your guys' take on these. These alternates from the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they give the list here. And they actually give the games these will be worn, too. So, it says alternate helmet worn with the alternate uniform and color rush uniforms. That'll be August 21st against the Ravens, October 9th against the Eagles, and October 20th against the Saints. And they even give, like, a little breakdown of the helmet here. I kind of appreciate it. It says the shiny gloss black shelf with red flecks. And then the iridescent chrome decals with a gradient screen and a black face mac face mask, excuse me, and black clips. It's like they're explaining a four-course meal that, to us. That the screams helmet. Louisville Cardinals to me. Screams Louisville Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I actually like, I didn't even think about that before you said that, but now that I see it, I can't unsee I it. I can just see Lamar Jackson rocking those, True. those actually, black that's, helmets yeah, back 100%. in. 100%. Yeah, yeah that's totally Louisville. Also, Ritter's an 85 speed. So. Okay. More reasonable, is but it, still good. His agility's 90. Wow. That's wild. But, um... What do we think about these? They had they had a cool little reveal uh, video. Oh, like they had um, Kyler. They had JJ. They had I'm trying to think who else was in that video. But they had a few guys. They do um, have black jerseys too, so that'd be really. They cool. do, so it'll pair well with it. Um, like a lot of these guys, it's kind of the the route that we've seen them going. But moving on to the next one here, Jimmy. What do we think of these bad boys, Jimmy? That's your boy. I'm a big Roquan Smith fan over here. I'll have plenty to say about Roquan here in about fifteen minutes. But what do um, we think of the all orange? I saw know, it immediately I, and I, I hated it, and now I I'm not too. I'm not too bad on it. I definitely don't hate it because I've always liked the orange jerseys, but they've never worn the orange helmets before. To my knowledge, I do not believe I've ever seen these. This looks a lot like the Fighting Illini. They wore these last year. It does year. look like not the, the orange helmets. Justin, no, the orange jerseys. Yeah, the they orange jerseys. The, they the, sure. That was on my birthday. They wore the orange jerseys every year. Whenever every I year. think of like a I team wearing a jersey or something, I always think of a player that I can remember them in. No, it's, like it's I remember true for Fields sure. running around in the orange jersey. And the Browns tried to take a shot at them on social media by saying like, "Hey, nice helmet idea," because like, and it's just all orange. Dude, but like, what are they supposed yeah, to do? Exactly, I know. Yeah. Okay, Cleveland, go hire another. Must- <laughs> Don't even go there. Sorry. But like I said, when I initially saw it. I was not a fan, admittedly, and now like the more I look at it, the more I think like these have potential to be badass. I do uniforms. like those. I do like those. Yeah, I'm kind of with them. Um, but moving on, next one here. Where are we at? Here we go. These could be between these and the next one. We'll see. These could be my favorites. These are the new All Blacks from the Jets. Man, these are clean. To me, these are clean. And I remember, if you remember, when we talked about the Saints helmets, they had the All Black with the black face mask as well. Yeah. And I said, man, it would be sweet if they had a chrome. Face masks that was that they like that it. like you know whatever the hell that color is yeah the Jets fucking they probably listened, did it bro. they probably did that's probably exactly why this happened but I'm telling you I'm a huge I think that makes the helmet they might win more than four games next year like those are so clean dude they don't they're not trying to do too much either that's the thing AKA, uh, they're so clean so your little Jets comment you really think the Jets are gonna be good next year don't you I think they're gonna be better than the Lions <laughs> I, th- I think, I think they're be, very comparable I think I think, I think, it'll, be, I think it'll be really close. I think the Jets might have like a one more win than the Lions this year. 
It'll be close. Neither of them will be very good. Think about the division they play in, though. That's something that I would, uh, I Jamie, would tell you Jamie, let me right tell you this bat. right now. You better hope they're not better than the Lions, or else I might jump off Black Rocks and not come back up. <laughs> come on, now. That's a little That's a little extreme, I think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it's a joke, obviously. Yeah, we know it is. No, we know it's a joke, yeah. These helmets are no joke. No, yeah. I love cool. these. These they're very cool. So far, I think my favorite out of the ones that we've seen. Can we agree? What do you? What's the? Let's look at the last couple here, and then we can uh, we can decide on the ones that we like the most. Um, this is actually the last one. These this was cool. the other one that oh, could have definitely I can see my favorite. Baker in these. Oh my! And God. we are going to see Baker in these, dude. dude. I, hope, I hope arm sleeve. Dude, I hope Baker like. Listen, man, I know. I do too. I really I, like I, Baker. I like Baker, dude. I love how he's like a total underdog and like he's been overlooked by a lot of people. These helmets are fucking sick. It's my favorite by far. Is that Brian Burns in that there, by the way? That I don't know. Who's fifty three? You can't even see his face. I think it's Brian Burns. No, Tyshawn would know. I think that's Tyshawn would know. Tyshawn couldn't make it tonight. I think I'm almost positive that's Brian Burns. I will look right now. Just call Ty. I think Burns is up as a higher number. You know what would make this uniform even sweeter? If Burns or whoever this mystery man is had the blue gloves. That is in fact Brian Burns. If Burns had the hey, if Burns had the the blue gloves right now, those that neon blue for the gloves. Bro, Robbie Anderson, he's about to rock that bitch. Robbie Anderson's about to love that, <laughs> he's bro. About to, well, he's not going to love his quarterback, but he's going to no. love the uniform. No, 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 I don't think... Remember remember we watched the interview? He wasn't, like, hating on Baker. He well, was more he saying, also, like, he loved Sam Darnold more, like... He didn't love Baker, though. No, no, I'm just saying, I, I didn't... I didn't yeah. say well, he, he, he commented on an Instagram post. He was like, no. No, no because... We no, talked about we it, We talked yeah. about it. It's because he played with Darnold in New York, and he played with him here. They've yeah. Been, been, but... I definitely, it's definitely sus. You still can't say that. Either way, oh, yeah. whoever the hell is suiting up for Carolina, going to look clean hell this yeah. season. So those are the favorites for us? Yeah, I'd, I'd say. I yeah, Dude, I'd say I'm so. sticking with my pick. These guys. I love I the green. Love, I like the I Jets. Love one. I love the, the Jets green. Every I time I see that Jets, it, I just like it, I just say in my head like J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't know why. <laughs> I just remind. I don't know. That's hilarious, dude. Um, but that's I believe that's all as far as the uh, alternate helmets go. That was quick though. Like we we got through that. Um, but man, like so many good. Yeah. So many good helmets. Good for the, the NFL, NFL, dude. Great, Finally getting out of their for bubble. The NFL. Finally, that's what I'm saying, dude. We need that. Like, like we actually need that. We're so black and white, dude. Like you just gotta like finally step out. Of it. Like the color rush was a huge step for the NFL. Getting yeah, those color agreed. rush unis. Agreed, because those are different, man. Those jerseys are that Seahawks different. lime green. That had to be the best selling jersey in like for like three months straight. The Russell Wilson Seahawks jersey. Like, I believe it. It had to be. I believe it. As soon as um, it came out. But moving on now to Kyler Murray, guys. We're going to talk about Kyler Murray. And I just totally butchered that. Kyler Murray. We are going to talk about his contract. And not really broad his contract. More specifically, a clause in his contract. As we know, he signed a new $230 million contract. But in that contract, the Cardinals mandate that Murray has to do, quote, a minimum of four hours of what they call independent game study every week. And before we break this down, we have a copy of said contract here to look at so you can actually see it. The viewers who are watching this on YouTube, and it says here, players shall complete at least four hours of independent study as defined below each week, excluding any bye week during each playing season as defined below during the term of the contract. So through the entirety of his contract, he's got to go in and basically watch a lot of film. Jimmy, you got the hand raised. Go for it. It's the first thing on the contract. Well, I'm I don't know. I don't technically the first thing, but like the I, first, like, you know how many one? pages these probably are? I don't, I oh, doubt I this is the saw, first page. I just saw number one. I, yeah. Part of me. Part yeah. of me. I had not read this yet, but I just, it was alarming. That was the also first above that number one. If you look on the contract, there's a three right to the left of that red box. 
So this could be like the third page or something. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. So there's no this way is this is that. The money but has to be number one. if you think one. about this, like this is actually ridiculous because I think as a middle school quarterback at Walden Middle School, I probably had way more than four hours. <laughs> no oh. way. Are you, are you kidding? Four, Kobe, that's 30 minutes a day watching film. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Now. Yeah, that's true. You're telling me I wasn't in ELA six watching <clears throat> scripts versus Oakview. <laughs> like that's not that difficult. That's for me. That's a red flag. That is that's not. A that's, a, that's a red flag. That's horrible. Dude. That is not very big trust in your no. five year, six year now quarterback. That's that's going to be there. For I don't the next, know if it's been that long. But no, I'm saying he's going to be there for the next yeah, six years. Yeah. They did just invest a lot of money to this guy too, and for, for him a guy to put to, that in there, yeah. yeah. For him to potentially not be, and he had he has actually come out and said in the past that he's not much of a film guy. And I pulled yeah. up an article here, kind of talking about it. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, when we look back in 2021, he says that uh, he can visualize what was going on during games thanks to great cognitive skills. So he doesn't feel that he needs to watch a lot of quote extra film. Oh, so he's the last Jedi. Is what he said. <laughs> what? That's what he's pretty the much saying. Jedi. Yeah. Okay, go ask. Go ask like. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes if they watch film. And because they're way better than Well, obviously, they watch film, but like how much? Yeah, okay, exactly. But That's like, the thing. Jesus. <laughs> you, you, you're picking up what I'm putting down, dog. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%, 100%. If you want to be great, you got to do the extra shit. Here is the quote from Murray in 2021. And he says here, for those not watching on YouTube that can't see it, um, he says, quote, I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and see it before it happens. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because, in my head, I see so much. Basically, I'm better than all of you. I don't need to do all that work. I can go out there. No, I'm kidding. He's, that's, but that's kind of what he implies. Kind of. That's kind of what he's saying. kind of what he's saying. He's like, he's totally. like, I'm smarter than all the other quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't need to watch a film. If that's, like, actually true. Go, go ask that's Peyton Manning. That is much, a quote. No, no, no. I'm like, saying, like, what? he's not oh, okay. bullshitting. Yeah. Like, sick. <clears throat> but dude, you're an NFL quarterback. I wouldn't be publicly about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. That quote right there is not. Uh, not and now too, it's funny because obviously it's come around to basically bite him in the ass, right? Because now, like, how many quarterbacks have that type of stipulation in their deal? It's kind of ridiculous. And I know one that comes up. I watch um, some of the features they do for the Rams. They did one on Matthew Stafford um, going through his house, and it was cool. He's got a lot of his old Lions stuff still featured in there, which is obviously really sweet because it means a lot to him. But the one thing that he talked about in his room, this is why I bring this up, is that his tablet or his uh, iPad or whatever he's got there watching at his desk, the Rams actually got it hooked up so he has, like, I don't know what kind of connection they have, but he's got all their film and stuff. He can do basically like he's in the facility right from his house, which is really neat. And obviously, like, so at, the, at, go to LA? The, at the NFL level, it's a lot more than just like uploading it to the cloud and like whatever. Like they have a lot more in-depth things, so he can work in real time with the facility. And he talked about how often he's in that room. Let me tell you, it's a lot more than four hours a week. And I mean, won the Super Bowl last year, so so he's doing something right. We think, right? So I mean, you kind of said it. It feels childish for this st- type of stipulation to be in an NFL quarterback's contract. I, mean, I haven't seen the other NFL quarterbacks contracts. That's ridiculous. No, nothing That's else. Ridiculous. Is, nothing else has broke the surface of anything like that. You know who Dad would freaking flip a lid, Kobe. If you saw that, <laughs> he would. Jim Manzo. I, he's probably gonna watch this, but I know you just absolutely hate that. Oh, that is great, dude. He'd uh, say, "You're getting paid two hundred. Th- oh shoot, I can't hear. You're getting paid two hundred thirty million dollars. I gotta tell you to watch film. <laughs> Not my quarterback. I don't know. Um, but we'll talk about a quarterback that's being endorsed." By one of his teammates um, and not being taken down. And that is Tua Tagovailoa, 
by his newly acquired wide receiver, I guess not so newly acquired wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's seriously gone too far with his Tua praise, in my opinion. Like, we under, like he's doubled down on this just gloating, basically, about Tua. And he says the Dolphins QB is the most accurate in the league. And the way this was spurred up in conversation, I guess, um, he was asked about what factors contributed to him choosing the Dolphins over the Jets as far as where his free agency took him. Huh, I wonder. Yeah, and he says Jets... Well, he didn't say just quarterback. But he says Zach Wilson is a dog, but I'd rather play with the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. That's that was his comment. See, and he when he asked to, he was asked to clarify on it and expand on his comments, and this is what he had to say about Tua. He says, "quote I mean, obviously Tua, he's not your typical gunslinger, but if you were just to pay attention to his game, I got with the camera on Jimmy. <laughs> everything is spot on. Everything is pinpoint. You know, ball is on time. His fundamentals on point. Tua, he's a." expletive heck of a competitor probably hell of a competitor or no oh it, no it's f-word it's f-word yeah, it's f-word he's a fuck of a competitor wait what is that even i'm mean? pretty sure it is he's a hell of a hard worker that's what the cheetah said um i i know your guys i know your guys' takes on this but it does I'm say here to- before you go on short passes last season short passes probably below 10 yards Right, but somewhere in that ballpark, Tua led the league in accuracy with a percentage of seventy-one point three percent. Yeah, and it, and this is my thing. Short with the passes. Whole, with the whole, I know you guys, I know your side on this, and I know we've talked about it before, but I think right now what Tua, or what Tyreek's doing is like is huge for Tua. I think it's, it's huge boosting for, his confidence. Well, no, for no, sure. no, this that's is the very, thing. No, this is the true. thing. This is the true. thing. If you're if you're a guy like Tua, you've had your struggles, right? You've had what two head coaches now. You've had a guy that didn't believe in you, and now a guy that's all on the Tua boat. So. If you're going to be, you either got to be all on board or all off. You know what I mean? You can't be stuck in the middle. And I think, I think Cheetah kind of sees this and he sees that Tua is a young, younger guy and he's probably, he probably hasn't taken it the best way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, 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 the hate and all that shit. But yeah, I think what, I think what Tyreek's doing is it's obviously it's, it's, what do I want to, it's very bold. It's very, very oh, bold. Oh, we can agree on that for but sure. But do I really think Tyreek Hill believes that? No. But I think that he gets what's going on. Especially for this year, going in for Tua, this is a make-or-break-it year as far as how much time. And this conversation changes because the NFL, the structure of the NFL right now, the basic formula and structure of a team when you want to win a lot of games, it seems like. And this formula is not tried and true. We've seen guys like Matt Stafford and Tom Brady win the Super Bowl the last two years. But if you get a really solid rookie quarterback on a rookie deal and you have money to build around this quarterback and highlight his better features, that seems to be a... You know, a, a fast lane to a lot of success. We've seen guys like uh, Lamar Jackson do it, Justin Herbert do it. We've seen a lot of other guys do that, and that's what the blueprint I think for a lot of NFL teams has been. Tua is at the end of that line. Mm-hmm. He's getting close to where he's going to have to do another is this contract third or, or go to another. Year? Team. This third? is his third year. Okay, right? Yeah, I believe it's third year. So it, it's going to be very interesting as far as what this looks like. And I think going into this year, any any and all confidence that he has is huge for him uh, for that franchise. And uh, like I said, new head coach, a lot of new things over in uh, in Miami, and they have a good chance to be really good. They have a really solid roster around Tua for that reason that I just said. They're not paying Tua a you know a shitload of money, so they can afford to put a lot of really nice pieces around him. And their defense, I think, is has been one of the more stout in in that you know in that division. I'm excited uh, for the for Dolphins. Sure. I do like the Dolphins. Yeah, they've been solid. They fell um, short of the playoffs this year. I do they think very I, well do, may. I do think so too. But I hope they have a good year. And I say that too because. Look at the AFC, man. The AFC no, they, is they, ridiculous the Dolphins right do not now. stand a chance in the AFC. That's what I'm saying. If they're in the NFC, they're a playoff team. I don't they're, think. I don't know. They'll be as good as their defense is. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it's been in the last couple of years. But I'm um, talking about another quarterback that is going into a prove-it year. 
That's Lamar Jackson, right? And he has been blatantly disrespected time and time again, but a guy that his confidence never wavers. He always continues to bet on himself. And before we get to talking about his contract situation and kind of what goes into you know, what that looks like here, the future of Baltimore in the next couple of years, we're going to take a look at a quote from who is supposedly a, a, a unanimous defensive coordinator that is currently in the league. He had this to say about Deshaun, or Deshaun Watson. Wow. About, <laughs> about Lamar Jackson. Excuse me. He says, quote, I, <laughs> get up to read it. Quote, I don't give a shit if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. What makes him stay there? <laughs> what makes him say that? Like, what, what? What leads him to believe that Lamar Jackson is not a legit NFL quarterback? What's that? It's showing him that. There is well, nothing I, that Lamar needs to prove. Yeah. It does not make any sense. Look look at uh, that uh, tweet from Warren Sharp in the bottom right-hand corner. Yep. Yeah, Warren, shout out to Warren Sharp for this tweet. He says, Outside the numbers, number one in yards per attempt, number one in success rate, yeah. number one in EPA per attempt. I don't know what that means, but estimated either way. Pass attempts. Estimated pass Okay, yeah, for, that would make sense or, or something. Passing, yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Either way, it's a ridiculous a claim. He's I mean, still first. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It is. I'd be very, I'd be very intrigued to find out who, who said this. It yeah. has to be like a division rival or someone that like, like I said, like, a personal vendetta, he, something other what? against Lamar. He must have gone to Michigan like, or something. <laughs> That's crazy. It's wild, and that was that was actually one of my stats. The like my stat of the day for today is that just like showing that Lamar really is that guy. If you remember that overtime win over the Colts last year. Oh, I yeah, remember we remember that. that game. Yeah, Lamar is the first. What well, at the time was the first player in NFL history with at least 400 passing yards and a completion percentage of above 85. percent Ridiculous. The dude he, went. He was like 38 of 44. Dude, it was right? unreal. Bro, the dude took a shit in the fourth quarter, came out and beat the Browns. <laughs> I was at that game. No, no pun intended. Yeah, he took a like shit and then beat the Browns. Literally waddled into the locker room. <laughs> took a shit and then beat the Browns. <laughs> yeah, he dropped off the Browns at the pool. Well, Justin Tucker beat the Browns. Yeah. yeah. Well. No. But, you know, Lamar had well, a Lamar huge... literally beat Lamar, the Browns. Yeah. Like, he, he oh beat them. gosh. <laughs> he took the Browns to the Super Bowl and then <laughs> took them out of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm really? Uh, literally. Uh, flushed <laughs> them away. Dropped the kids off the pool. <laughs> he flushed them away. That's good. But, the, the, like, back to our point, like, this, this blatant disrespect of Lamar, he has nothing to prove at this point. Yeah. The MVP was, like, an obvious... But, like, he's won a playoff game now. And now, like, you look at that roster last year. They were the one seed. Uh, for a moment and they were, there. They had nobody. That's what I was about to say. They were so injury plagued. It was unreal. And so if you're looking as Lamar and as anyone on that Baltimore roster, you got to look at that and be like, if we can compete at this high of a level with this many injuries and this many things not going our way, who the hell can't we beat yeah. when we're healthy? And the answer to me is no one. Even I mean, in the, Ravens, the Ravens are going to win the AFC North and they're going to be really, really good. I think the Bengals are going to be right up there with them. I think the uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, and Cincinnati both get in from that division. I think. Yep, agreed. But I think Baltimore wins the North. That's what I if think. If we had a hot take that. today, I would say the Bengals will make the playoffs next year. Uh, that's that can be your hot take. I, that's not yeah. If if she's one time dude. one time wonder, I just think I, just I don't think, think one time wonder, but Burrow's I think last way too year, good. I, no, no, I just think last year was I think last year was way too good. You know what I mean? Like it, everything just fell into place. Yeah, but dude, Joe Joe Burrow is like legit. He's like. I mean, yeah, but he's flirting with like the top five quarterbacks in the league right now. 
He's flirting right now. Yeah. Right, look at that. Are we yeah. talking about? Are we talking about top uh, five quarterbacks in the league? Is that what we're talking about? Is that what we are talking about? So Madden did release the top ten quarterbacks overall in the league. And oh, uh, wait a minute, Joe is on that list. He's at right is, at number five. So here is the li- yep. We're gonna break it down for those of you who are listening to the podcast. So I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown of these top ten quarterbacks. These are the Madden ratings. Number one, Tom Brady. At a 97, that's a... Led the league in touchdowns and yards last year. Thank hey. you. Yeah, All right. All right, but right, boys, then, that's right, I'm out. But then number okay. two, it goes on number two. You have Aaron Rodgers at number two after back-to-back MVP. As much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers, he deserves to be that number oh, one. Oh, he should be 99. Unreal, dude. That's that's robbery. I mean, He's fuck 96. you, Tom Brady. Fuck you. <laughs> I've but never heard thing, of a guy no, that come, say he's going to retire, come back and be a 97. <laughs> let, me, let me ask <laughs> you something, Kobe. Let me ask both of you guys a question. So... What? How does Madden like rate people? Like you, you, you guys don't know, do you? Attri- sk- alt- attributes, skills. Well, they have a group of evaluators that do mm. certain positions. They don't rate him on how many rings he has. So okay, but let me ask you guys a question. I know Cade's visually upset with the fact that Tom Brady's ahead of Aaron Rodgers on this list. <laughs> you're Super Bowl. Who would you want playing quarterback for your team in the Super Bowl right now? No, no. no I'm, 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 Tom I mean, Brady, that's, Aaron that's, Aaron that's the argument is that Aaron in the Super Bowl, who do you want? But that's not what, that's not what the rating. No, does, I'm though. just asking you. Yeah, you're telling me Patrick okay. Mahomes is not more skilled than Tom Brady? No, he is. He totally is. So if you're going off attributes, then you're doubling back on your earlier comment. What? Your uh, what's the word? But like, if he's if contradictory, he better, yeah, contra- your contradictory statement right there. Uh, I, we're going off of skills. I mean, yeah, sure. Let me, let me finish the list. Can, I finish, only can I finish the list for those who are listening? Yeah. Tom Brady, number one. Aaron Rodgers, number two. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number four, Josh Allen. Joey B is at number five. Number six is Dak Prescott. <laughs> number seven, Justin Herbert. Number eight, let's ride. Russell Wilson. <laughs> number nine, Lamar Jackson. And number 10, Matthew Stafford at number 10. And Dak at it's six. Staff, bro. He always gets disrespected. It's uh, even after last year. I mean, it's just ridiculous he's won the to Super me. Bowl. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He, did, he did lead the league in picks last year. I will say, but that. I believe he had like the second most passing yeah. yards in a, in the playoffs no. in NFL history Dude, Stafford, or something of that. Stafford, 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 Stafford threw a grossly, shit ton of picks. No, I, I'm not. I'm no, no, no. I know. I know. I know. I know. No, I know. Matthew Stafford should be way higher on this. I list. know you like I think, Stafford. I know you. Like I'm Stafford. a huge Stafford guy. Yeah. I think Herbert should be ahead of Dak. I think Lamar should be ahead of Dak, and I think Matthew Stafford should be ahead of Dak. I think Dak should be like. I agree with all of those. I'm gonna move Herbert up to six. I'm gonna put Stafford at seven, Lamar at eight, Russ at nine, and Dak at ten. I do love Dak Prescott though. Not not even as a football player, but just like as a dude. Yeah, of course. He's you, been through the freaking. It's yeah. easy to like him, and, thin. Yeah. and I know that has nothing to do with the ratings. Yeah, but I do think Herbert. And, and we've Lamar, seen what Dak can do. Dak can be an elite level he quarterback, can. but the he conversation can. every year is like, oh, he's going to be MVP. Be right. Matthew Stafford right. is better falls than Dak short. Prescott. I believe. I would say so. Yes. And it, he's just falling short. And whether it be because of injuries, we haven't really gotten to see the entire being that is Dak Prescott or what you know whatever that is, but. Man, like it's it's just tough for me to to look at that list and and really take that seriously. The Tom Brady thing had me scratching my Ugh. head a little bit. When are we gonna like, get away from this idiot? Just, it just has to be a nod to like. Why do you hate him, him so much? Right? I, don't, I don't really understand. Dude, but, he he put a freaking um, TikTok out the other day of him hitting a go- hitting a little putt and then like, oh, come back, come back, like, get the hell off a yeah. of TikTok. So that's why. <laughs> You're when, just we a t- hater. when we watch those I'm videos, that's how you know you like totally those are. videos are edited for sure because he works with some really talented visual effects yeah. artists. But let's take a look at the top 10 teams in Madden 23. And guess who's on this listed in the graphic as well? 
It's going to be in my freaking nightmares, dude. Bit. Uh, Madden 23 top 10 teams. Uh, number one, no surprise here. Oh, uh, God. Buccaneers, 92 overall. You go down to the Bills at 89. The Rams are in third at 88. Then the Packers, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Cowboys at an 86. <laughs> what are we doing? America's team, does that really hold that much value still? Oh, my God. That is crazy to me. The Cowboys are 86. And then you go down. The Chiefs are below, or it's not below technically, but tied with the Cowboys in a rating. Then the 49ers, the Eagles, which I actually agree with that pick. And then the Bengals. Can we please figure this out who list does this? Is, I would love to know who Jail. does this. <laughs> Jail. Dude. You know that how, cowboy you know, pick is atrocious. You know how PMT has like the like the jail board, how they like list yeah. all the guys with jail. Whoever whoever Madden EA ratings guy right here is it should be put on that board on that list. <laughs> By the way, we always get be real while we're doing the podcast. Is that right the, now? Yeah, the be real nice, is right now. Nice. So hop on that. Nice, but, dude. Yeah, we don't. You're gonna do it right now, but um, dude. I mean, looking at this is just is it's blasphemous, dude. Those top teams, like, yeah, I understand that the Ravens for sure, like Packers have a good roster, Rams, Bills, Bucks. You understand like that. The Chargers, the Chargers even like Chargers is kind of a tough pick. Um, but the Cowboys yeah. is brutal. Dude. Well, the Char- Chargers, no, listen, the Chargers they got J.C. Jackson, and they, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Big time additions this year. They, they added to what was already actually a good roster. So I, I guess I can understand. And that. they got Slater going to his second year. I like Herbert, the Eagles pick up here. The Eagles roster could be very Eagles good are this year. The Eagles are winning the division. And not according to Madden because they're behind the Cowboys. I don't care. Eagles are going to the NFC East. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But we look at otherwise division representation. It's crazy, too, when you talk about the NFC East. We were were calling it the NFC least last year. Like, this this division was just devoid. That's Cowboys, Eagles, uh, Commanders. Giants and Commanders. This division was void of all talent, it felt like, especially after Dak got hurt and some of these other teams were losing guys. And now you've got two of these teams, you know, whether we like the ratings or not, we have two of the teams from the division in the top 10 rankings on on Madden. Yeah, because, well, Well, really it's because of that. I was say, really it's because of that rule. The one was the division winner and also like the wild card was kind of a a toss-up in the NFC. The Eagles were like 9 and 8 last year. Yeah, that's not a play, like, to be real. Hashtag be real. Literally. No, it's not. It's respectable. It's, a it's respectable. It's I don't, I'm not I don't, saying they're going to be great. They're going to be I good I don't this think year. the Eagles are ready to play a playoff game last year. No, this year, I think I they will think be. They were, I don't think I, they I do, were either. I'm, a, I, I'm actually high on the Eagles this year. I, I think dude, they'll be all right. I, very, I don't think there's a reason not yeah. to be. I think they'll be all right. I'm a big Hurts guy. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be more than all right for sure. Um, otherwise, we have a few things, a few other headlines to react to here. But we'll, dude, this episode's gonna be long, boy. Yeah, this episode's gonna be long, but it's gonna be a good one. Um. I mean, let's jump. Let's see here. Let's jump right into this. From the Houston Texans, this this news that we got just the other day, absolutely awful. Something that you never want to hear about in sports. But John Medjie III, the Houston Texans' first-round draft pick, he's out for the season after being diagnosed with a form of leukemia. This is his official statement um, posted by the Texans. He says, quote, recently I was – this is from John Medjie. Recently I was diagnosed with APL, acute – Promyolectic leukemia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. The most curable form of leukemia is what he says, which is, you know, good words from him. Obviously, he's optimistic about this. I'm currently receiving great medical care. I'm in good spirits, and I expect to make a recovery at a later point in time. As a result of this diagnosis, I will likely not be playing football this season. My main focus will be on health and recovery. Thank you in advance for your support and well wishes. I cannot wait to come back stronger than ever. God bless. That that is the kind of... Response I love to see from somebody. I mean, yeah, you, you I, have to. I, for I, sure. I, listen, this is just a tragedy of a situation. 
Like, I, I'm not even going to, like, really speak on it because, like, this is just horrible. But I am very impressed with how he worded himself. And I'm sure he had, like, people like, help him or like, whatever. And, and people were you know saying, I mean? too, like, I was reading a lot like about that, that just, is, like, the treatment. I have so much respect for this guy. The John treatment that he is receiving in that area, I guess, is supposedly some of the best in the country. And obviously, you know, when you're in the NFL and you have those connections, yeah. especially being a first-round draft pick, yeah. like, you're going to have, you know, believe it or not, you're going to have some pull as yeah. far as where you go to get that treatment because that organization, that franchise invested a lot in him. And uh, we want to see him out in the football field. Yeah, but obviously, this, this takes precedent um, over that. So... Um, it's bigger you know, than football when, when you look at it. You know 100%. I mean? And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough, but I, cause, just because of how much promise he showed at the college level and obviously being such a highly touted prospect out of Alabama, correct? Correct. And just being part of that insane wide receiver corpse over the last, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. So it, it just stinks, yeah. man. It really it really sucked to hear that news. One of those things that, like, you just can't it. Believe was so it out of the blue, it, too, right? man. Yeah, exactly. I just saw it on Twitter. Like, that's it. But prayers up to... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's how it was for him. He just got, you know, yeah. he didn't really know. He probably went in for, like, was feeling, you know, maybe funny or had a certain spot. I don't I don't know how that worked. It wouldn't yeah. have been a spot because I'm in skin cancer. Leukemia is cancer of the blood. So he must have just been maybe yeah, feeling a little lightheaded or something. It's heartbreaking. But. Hopefully with speedy recovery to yeah. John Metchie. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Now, um, not to stay on this, on, this downward, on this downward boat, guys, but we also got some other not-so-great news about another wide receiver, that being rookie Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross. He is going to be out for the season. He was placed on the injured reserve after going yet another foot surgery. Uh, this guy's been through the gauntlet, man. This guy has been through the gauntlet. Coming out of Clemson, correct? He was balling dude, at Clemson. National championships, dude. Him and Deshaun. And so he went through some very brutal injuries, and you know he was an undrafted free agent. For the Chiefs, because no one really wanted to take a chance on him with his injury history, and people had been saying that you know this guy's a guy that's going to come out and prove a ton of people wrong. He was at college for like six years, right? Five years. He was there for a very long time because he played with Deshaun Watson for a year. I want to say he did. He did for sure. Actually, definitely. They yeah. played in the college. They played in the national championship against uh, probably Bama. Like, let's be real. I think. So, I think I remember a really crazy play he had against Pitt. It was at Pitt. It was actually when Pitt beat Clemson. He had like a crazy touchdown. I, I think it was him. I'd have to go back and look. But. So his final season at Clemson ended early when he had foot surgery last November. Um, and Ross, going back to his final year with the Tigers, he caught 46 passes, 514 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he missed the entire 2020 season after being diagnosed with a congenital fusion in his spine that required surgery. Like I said, this dude has been through the gauntlet as far as injuries are concerned. So he was... Uh, you know, according to the Athletic, the number 148 prospect in the draft. After all of that injuries, like he still remained mm-hmm. to be an elite level college football player. So, it's just again tough to hear this type of news. Obviously, hoping you know, wishing him the best recovery. And I just also surprised too. It must be just because he's had prior surgeries, probably on this foot, an entire year to be out from foot surgery. Seems like a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, again, not doubting the toughness or the perseverance of a guy like Justin Ross. I'm just saying that seems like a lot. I'm assuming it has to yeah. be with that it pre-existing depends, it depends condition. Depends on like the kind of like part or like the bone it probably is here. I'd have to like you know like the, know the the anatomy of it and everything too. You know what I mean? There's more that goes into it, but I guess I don't know. We'll see. 100. percent like, You know, I'll, yeah, I'll speed recovery. You know. Yeah. Now a guy that we may or may not be seeing. This year, it depends. Jim's excited to talk about <laughs> oh, here this we one. Go. Yeah, oh, we'll man, change I, the mood oh, here. But oh, wow. again, we don't know if we're going to see oh. this guy either. Roquan Smith will not be present when veterans arrive at Bears training camp Tuesday because of his contract situation. Per Ian Rappaport, Smith has still not gotten quote 
an offer he would remotely consider. Okay, so I have that's got to be a stab I have in the wall. I don't even know what I have here. Why the Bears should extend Roquan Smith? May I go for can it? I, can I go? I'm gonna just go okay. for it. Okay. So Roquan Smith got drafted. I believe it was eighth overall in the 2018 NFL draft. I was sitting in my basement and I was praying that they would pick this kid from Georgia because I watched him play against uh, in the in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. I was like, oh my god, like the Bears need this guy. Like they need to get this guy. So since he's got to the league. He has had 100-plus tackles every year of his career, whether that's uh, solo, combined, whatever. 101, 120, 139, and 163. He had 163 tackles in one season. That's, like, okay? unheard of. That's ridiculous okay. numbers. So he is back-to-back, second-team All-Pro. He has the third-most combined tackles in the NFL since 2018, and he has the most... Solo tackles in the NFL since he has gotten to the league. Damn. What are the Bears waiting for? I, um, I, I'm repping the... Uh, how are we doing? Is that be real, Kobe? Nice. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. So uh, tonight, I'm wearing a very special jersey. I'm wearing one of the greatest linebackers of all time on my back tonight. Uh, I don't know if you can see it on the camera. Dick Buckus, number 51. I uh, went to U of I. Um, the Bears simply know how to produce linebackers. You go back as far as their history goes... Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, There's Otis a Wilson, long list for Wilbur sure. Marshall, and, and, and dude, like, and now it's Roquan Smith. You, you're, you're, you're passing the torch to this guy? I just don't understand what they're waiting for. I talked about Roquan on the pod last time. He's one of the most underrated players in the entire league. Yeah, like, underappreciated. He's, he's oh, yeah. probably like top five or top ten most underrated players in the league. Back-to-back second-team All-Pros. Leads the league. He's had the most solo tackles in the NFL since 2018. I bet you a lot of people don't even know who he is. Like a handful of people that are, you know, like casual, like more casual like, football. Like fans. your buddy, yeah, like your sure. buddy. Yeah. Oh, Roquan Smith, you know, Bears linebacker. Thought he'd be like who? Yeah. And but you'd say Bobby Wagner. Everyone knows who that is. Or like you know what True. I mean? True. Yeah. No. And I, it, it's casuals. It, exactly. Filthy and Roquan casuals. Smith is in that conversation as the best middle linebacker in the NFL. He is right up there. He leads the league. He has the most tackles in the NFL. So he I'll kills say the Lions. I'll say it for the fourth time. I'll say it for the fifth time. He is, like, a, he I'll, is I'll, a Lions killer. I will, con- kills him. I will continue to have Roquan Smith's back throughout this entire process. He's a ball hawk, dude. I, he finds where the ball I am, is. I am livid with the Chicago Bears franchise right now. I'm, I'm repping them. I'm repping. Burn the jersey right now. No, no. no, no that, that's, let's take it down a notch. There, Kobe. <laughs> Come on. Come on. But, uh, yeah, that's my take. Uh, I, was, I was hyping my take up on uh, Instagram today. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of Bears fans tuning in from back home. We got a lot of support from Arts and Heights, my prospect. You're going to have to get to the end of this episode, bro. We are like like an hour 20 in. This will be its own YouTube clip, probably. We might. I would hope hope so. Oh, thanks, Jim. There's there's a lot of clips coming out of this. We'll see. We'll see if it makes sense. I hope so. I hope so. He's like, I'm going to go back and edit it, probably make it this is his own (laughs) clip. I'm just, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. You're good. You're good. That's funny. They do, I mean, like Jimmy said, like, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but get your head out of your ass. Like, sign <laughs> come on, or come to the Lions, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, we'd be oh, fine with that. Hey, yeah, you know, I'm all in on Alex Anzalone. I, I will say, I'm kind of a fan of him. I will say, but you he know, played his I, ass off last I, year. I would take Rokon Smith over Anzalone. Oh yeah, no shit. <laughs> he's he's the best linebacker in the. He's the best linebacker in the division. He's probably the. I mean, you. I don't know if you. Yeah. You can't, I mean, uh, I can't. Yes. I can't put him ahead of Bobby Wagner. I just can't do it. I can't do it. But he, Actually, I mean, Bobby kind of getting older. You think guys like, uh, what's his name? No. For the 49ers, Fred Warner? In the division. I'm, no, dude. I'm, Roquan Smith's better than Fred Warner, too. He is. Fred Warner's a really good back. Oh, he's good. You want me to pull up all the stats from last year? Like, it, it, they don't even compare. 
Sorry. I'll, I, I will pull up the stats. Uh, next time, I'll have a PowerPoint ready for you next time, actually. Well, that'd be fantastic. Just compare all these, because Broke Rubs with this gotten totally gypped out of First Team All Pro several times. I believe that. Like, it... It just blows my mind. I believe it. How but do you how do you lead the NFL in tackles over the last four years and not have one first team all pro? How does that make sense? That is a crazy. Stat. How does that make sense? That. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Um, done. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that was all I had. That's uh, that's all I, I have for the podcast. If you made it this far, I have we appreciate to, I have you. to put this in. The, I have to put this in there because we were talking about it earlier. Is your stat of the day. Yeah. Okay. So that was my stat of the day of the tackles, by the way. So, great. Yeah. Just talking. Just just a weird basketball fact. For for a little basketball, the basketball fans out there, if you guys recall, Blake Griffin had a, a stint with um, the Detroit Pistons. Ridiculous. Yeah, and it's going to be the there was the there dunks? was yes. Come on, Kobe, you want to say so? <laughs> there was there was a time there was he didn't dunk a basketball from December twelfth of twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, a drought spanning nearly fifteen months. And then he gets traded. This is what I'm saying. I will never forgive Blake Griffin for this. He should never win Blake of the Year again. Ever. Because he didn't try the Pistons. He literally sold, dude. He didn't dunk a single game for the Pistons that whole year. Granted, he was hurt. He was an all-star the year before that, but they sucked, so it didn't matter. He goes to the Nets and he's throwing down alley-oops from freaking Kyrie and KD, dude. Like, he, he didn't dunk for two years. And he was he won a dunk contest. And what's he crazy over too? A car. Exactly, yeah. bro. How do you jumped over a game? You literally dunk for a living, bro. What's crazy too is that if you would have told he was someone born that stat, it, yeah, exactly. If you that's what I was about to <laughs> say is if you would have told someone about that uh, four or five years earlier when he's over there with CP3 and like they're throwing these jams down over everyone, yeah, it felt dude. like, and you're gonna be like, he's not gonna throw down a dunk for <laughs> Blake two Griffin. Years? Like, yeah. come on, I just thought that I. I know that stats out there, and I know that it's, people it's have funny as people hell. have kind of like they, people probably know that, but like if you don't, like it's just a it's a crazy stat, dude. You would never think of that Blake Griffin watching Blake Griffin highlights. He didn't dunk for two years. It's unreal. You have a stat, we're gonna you have we're a stat gonna for us, Kobe? I already get my Lamar yeah, stat. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's we're gonna, right. We're gonna wrap me. it up here because it's gonna be like an hour yeah, thirty yeah. pod. Yeah. So that was fun. But thank you all for listening. Yeah. Uh, it's been Division One Rejects episode sixty nine. Sixty nine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it has definitely been a great one. It's been a loaded one, Ooh. fellas. Thank you very much. Appreciate that was it. Y'all. That's that was okay. it. Thank right. y'all.